0: This is what's great about sport. This is what the greatest thing about sports is.
1: You play to win the game. Oh, the gravity right out of the building. Hello? Broadcasting live from the 96.9 The Game studio. It's time to go in the zone with your host, Brandon
2: Kravitz. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the show. We are live on 96.9 The Game, streaming everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You are in the zone, the show of the Orlando sports fan. Your host, Brandon Kravitz here, alongside with the maestro, Mike Tazzi. We've got you covered for about an hour and a half today. We'll lead you right into Magic Drive time at 430 then it's UCF football at 5 as the Knights in a space game take on Temple. You can text the show, be part of it, 50857. John McKechnie is going to join us to chat about fantasy football, highs and lows. Can you trust Taysom Hill? We've got Pick'em to to get to this week, straight up, not against the spread. Tazi and I going to go back and forth there at 4 o'clock. And I finally watched the Manti Teow documentary, so we've got to talk about this. I'm going to hold that in my back pocket for the next segment. It was supposed to be a really heavy sports day today, and it just it got a little bit lighter, especially for that guy right over
1: there. Yankees, Guardians, postponed because of rain, inclement weather. Is that what it is? I mean, yeah, all week it was saying that Thursday was going to be a bad day for it, so I don't know why they weren't proactive and move it to last night. Yeah. You never see that in baseball. I mean,
2: correct me if I'm wrong, but rather than waiting to postpone –
1: foresee the weather and then move games up. Well, because there's usually no not enough days off to be able to, you know, get creative with the schedule, but being that the Yanks had five ga- five days off from the end of the regular season to game one of the ALDS and then a scheduled day off after game one yeah. when you're staying at home, you're not even traveling. It's silly. Don't get it. Not happy about it. And it'll be tomorrow though. First world problems. You know, I, I was real disgusted when I saw it. You know, p- playoff baseball during the day, that's for the obscure teams, not the Yankees. Well, you're right. Yeah, that should be under the lights when we'll have it on the show. So you'll have
2: a highly distracted Mike Tazzi on the air tomorrow afternoon. We're going to be mid-sentence, and you're going to start grumbling about something <laughs> multiple times. I'm ready for it. I'm going to prepare myself for yeah. this. I do like mock shows tonight when I get home. I know to think about what that IKF might be like. hits into two. I knew it, it was of <laughs> course it was going to be about IKF. We've got uh, M's and Astros on right now. Actually, actually, we need to change
1: the the channel. We've we do the uh, baseball game starting. I think it starts in thirty minutes. I might even jump on the M's. I know it's not a popular decision after how bad it got in Game One. Follow but me. You with it? I'm with it. Luis I'm already Castile. on it. I'm already on it. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, they got heart. The Mariners do. Now, you you ready for the mush, Tazi? What's the mush here? I have not picked Uh a baseball game incorrectly since the divisional round has started. I've gotten them all right. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Shouldn't have said it out loud, but it's true. Definitely shouldn't have said it out (laughs) loud. Not a single one. I picked them all and straight up No run line any of that straight
1: up I picked the you did have the pods last night I I got too cute And took a you uh, Darvish strikeout Prop nine plus strikeouts He was at seven and just Couldn't get those final two I had Always. Kershaw For I think eight And he was at six something like That uh, they pulled Kershaw with 80 pitch I mean Dave Roberts Refuses to let even Clayton Kershaw Go through the lineup a third time it's pretty obnoxious and then they gave up the runs that helped them lose the game so they got what they deserve right uh, he did give a he gave up a home run yeah he? but he was pitching well yeah. uh so we have
2: as i mentioned mariners astros going to be on any second now and we've got two football games to keep an eye on tonight bears commanders and of course ucf and temple uh how's the viewing experience going to go for you because now your strategy changes with the Yankees not playing, strategy
1: tonight. is different. Yeah, I'll try and tackle UCF Anthers, and Thursday night football. And I guess we only have one playoff game today. Yes, and yeah, Major League Baseball just doing whatever they can to not do a good <laughs> job at promoting their sport, per usual. But uh, so, yeah, because of only one playoff game, that'll be over by the time those other games start. I guess it's a football night. It turns into as as yes,
2: it does. And i I will have the I'll have U, the UCF game on the main TV. I'm not sure that Bears commanders warrants pulling the iPad out for a second screen experience. I'll probably just do a little bit of jumping back and forth during commercials, but I think tonight it's really going to be dedicated to UCF Temple.
1: I might go double screen. Um, you know It's not going to be exhilarating, more so because of uh, the NFL game. I'm honestly kind of captivated with how UCF follows up last week. I am too. Got to get the ball to Javon Baker. That's my guy. Yeah.
2: The more I look at this matchup, the more I start leaning towards a UCF blowout. I know that I said that Temple plus the points is is probably the smart bet. I'm I'm changing my mind on that. I have I'm not laying a wager on it. At least not as of right now, but if I did, it would be on UCF. I think the the reason why you can justify a point spread that big is because Temple is going to have a really hard time keeping up with UCF if UCF gets going. And UCF that's especially in the second half has been pretty good in these games. And if they if they start piling up points, yeah, they've got Warner's kid there in Temple, but he's also a true freshman. Mm-hmm. So you're trusting a true freshman on the road against a UCF defense that's the best that's the best unit on their team. Their defense has been lights out, and Temple hasn't played a team like this yet. So if they can't move the ball on offense, yeah, plus twenty three and a half will look good for like two and a half quarters until it doesn't. Right. And I think that's the way this game could play out.
1: Yeah, I'm just hoping I get to a point where I can trust UCF's offense. It's like once it gets rolling, it's tough, but you know, sometimes it I takes know. a long it's time nervy, to yeah. get rolling, if not at all.
2: It's nervy. So I brought this up briefly yesterday
1: and I
2: wanted to dive into it a little bit more here. One of the things that we thought we might keep an eye on heading into the season was not just how UCF was going to do. That's, of course, something we're going to pay attention to, and not just how their conference foes do, teams like Cincinnati and SMU, but actually keeping an eye on the Big 12 and how that conference looked with it sort of scouting the future for UCF. What were the teams that UCF is going to play a year from now and beyond? What do they What do they look like? And the Big 12, to their credit, has not only made this really easy for us, they've made it really enjoyable because they've got some high-level football teams going right now. At this moment, you have five Big 12 teams inside of the top 25, and that's without Oklahoma being a factor, and that's not going to happen most years, even though they're only in the Big 12 for another two. So I guess we shouldn't even really worry about that. In fact, if you want to take that a step further, neither is Texas in the more distant future. If you take Texas out of the equation... You and you just put you put all the future teams into the Big Twelve as of right now. You'd still have five inside of the top twenty-five mm-hmm. because Cincinnati's a top twenty-five team, and they're going to be in the Big Twelve. It's a down year for Baylor. It's uh, a down year for Iowa State. They're
1: usually pretty good. Baylor really is an up-and-down program. They
2: are, but they have their years where they're really good. Texas Tech is always around. They're not ranked right now, but they beat Texas this year. They beat Houston this year. And who else am I missing? Oh, West Virginia. West Virginia is not great, but they're not a joke program. That's the entire conference, by the way. I mean, and then you add the teams that are coming from the AAC, and they're being added in BYU because they're quality football programs. This is one of the deepest football conferences all of a sudden in college football.
1: Yeah, there's some nice depth in there, and obviously you know how I feel about college basketball. I mean, UCF's got their work cut out for them to compete. Well, I mean, but that's
2: the thing is we already knew that going
1: in. It was like, oh, my God,
2: UCF is going to have an uphill battle winning games in their conference. But we thought that it was possible early on. UCF could own the conference in football. Now look at the way these teams oh, are playing. It's, it's thick. TCU. The Kansas, way, Kansas has decent. arrived. Yeah.
1: So the, their jerseys are tough
2: too. They they really are. <laughs> By the way, speaking of jerseys, have you seen what UNC is going to wear this weekend? UNC. No, but yeah. uh, aren't the aren't.
1: UCF going to be the Citronauts tonight. They're the it's the space game tonight. I want to be the Citronauts. I think that that's the mascot <laughs> name. I, I would love to refer to I them as the Citronauts. I wouldn't mind that.
2: It would be nice if our XF they could sort of loan that to our XFL team coming in
1: February. I feel like UCF's got to go back to the Citronauts. All right,
2: not against it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like, like that they bring it out here and there.
2: The Tar Heels are going with the Chrome Dome. They're doing Chrome, the baby blue Chrome. It looks <laughs> look that up. It looks amazing. But I digress uh the chrome. Yeah, Rutgers tried it one year and I I don't know. Rutgers can't pull off the chrome. Well, you, you have know, to have a Scarlet night. Nice. You have to have a good offense. Uh in order to wear chrome, you you have to be able to score points. <laughs> Back in the day, they could score a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, to me, now I look at this conference that UCF is going into and I'm like, okay, so now UCF has their work cut out for them. My focus is shifting, Tazi, for what this season is really about. Or maybe it's shifting back to what it originally was and now I just have a re-energized focus because they're entering a really good football conference and I need them to keep the momentum up and that, that's probably the most important thing they can do this year whatever that looks like so I'm not going to lay a run the table, conference win championship, win a bowl game you know all these things of course would help but whatever it is whatever the thing is the momentum has to be there because they got to hit the ground running. You don't want to end up being at the, in the middle of the pack or the bottom of the pack inside of a good football conference. Because things can you know get away from you quickly in college football. We've seen that with a lot of programs. So I don't think UCF's in a bad spot, but this just makes the mission that much more important. That you gotta keep the moment the momentum going right. into next
1: year. I mean, even if they go in with great momentum, like you named it, all those schools everybody's gonna beat each other up. Like I don't even know who's gonna be left standing in that Big Twelve when the time comes. Like I don't see one team being able to withstand all the blows of that schedule. I think there's gonna be a lot of like normal record teams in that conference when the time comes. Isn't that
2: crazy? I yeah. mean look at some of these teams inside of the Big Twelve that are crushing it right now. TCU is no surprise. TCU has been really good for years. But Kansas State, Kansas State's really good. They're a lot of fun. They have Adrian Martinez. That was Scott Frost quarterback for a few years, and he's balling out this year now that he doesn't have Frost, which is, I don't know, somebody will have to explain that to me. Kansas is really good. They score a lot of points. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just – what they're doing this year is incredible. And so I think – I wonder if UCF fans are – I don't know if they'd admit this because it's a cocky group out there. Sure but, is.
1: <laughs> they got national champions on the state I, I still know. every time I look at it.
2: I think they should be a little nervous. I think UCF fans should be a little bit nervous about heading into the Big 12. And that's that's why these games are not just about this year. Usually you're trying to win games for this year. I think UCF should be trying to win games for next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly agree with that. I just keep thinking about the Big 12 as a football uh, related conference and it really does feel like the most parody style conference i've ever like seen in college sports name when you name those schools and think about their football programs there's not necessarily anybody who's going to compete in a, a big time bowl this year i don't think is there can i am i wrong about that is there somebody that's going to represent the big 12 And i mean i guess somebody has to well, but, yeah, I mean, right now it looks like TCU would be that team. Yeah, they're and five like, and zero, they're top fifteen. Yeah, like they're good, but you know, I've been, I've been to there. Go frogs! Like I, I get it. Like I've seen the culture, but it's still not, not something. So like you are saying there is too Panama. much parity, but there is not enough. They're not top heavy enough.
2: Yeah, like is no, what You are saying,
1: yeah, no one really scares me, so I think it's a good opportunity to go in there. And, Oklahoma State, number eight in the country, by yeah, the way. That's probably who I even think of as as the team, and they're, you know, they're good, but they aren't. Historically, well, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what but the, the thing
2: is. Is that I guess my point is that, that I think that's changing because now these teams are going to play each other. And you have a number, like Oklahoma State playing TCU is number eight playing number 13. So when when Oklahoma State wins that game, they move up a little bit. Or if TCU does, it becomes more impressive. This conference has always beat each other up, but they've beat each other up when they're not ranked. Now they get to beat each other up while they're ranked. And as long as one or two of them are the ones that don't take the
1: fall, that's how you end up at the top of the leaderboard, so to speak. Well, and 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 I wasn't saying it's a bad thing either. I I wish all the con- college football conferences were kind of like that, where you got a bunch of pretty good teams. You know, it's. I mean, I think of college football as a whole, and and we've talked about it, it's like the top four, and then everybody else. Yeah. I kind of like the fact. I like the parity, and, and I don't know. I, I want to see it a league where you can withstand a few losses but still win your way in when it's most important to play for a championship.
2: Well, it does look like that's going to happen with the change to the college football playoffs, so I think we'll be getting our wish. And, yeah, I mean, it does look like that's going to be the case as far as a a conference that's good top to bottom. In fact, I think it's not hyperbole to say that at least for the two years where Oklahoma and Texas are still in the conference and you add UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, and BYU – that the Big 12 is the second best football conference in the country. I know that sounds crazy, but if you think about it, top Depth to bottom, wise. there's not a lot of weakness. There's a wise. lot of good teams.
1: I mean, yeah, if you count out the Big 10, which is a little top heavy and a little well, it is top heavy, and then you look at kind of the mid teams, and, you know, Nebraska's pretty bad. Rutgers is, I'm starting to lose hope in this next <laughs> version of Shiano. That's I don't think thing. it's going to work in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah but you, there's the other big, teams, too.
2: The Big Ten, the ACC, they've got really good teams at the top, but there is some, whew, there are some stinkers there at the bottom.
1: There's not a lot of stinkers in the Big 12 right now. But again, you know, if they lose to the Temple tonight, like this conversation is. <laughs> That's my we point. Gotta, gotta, That's why these games matter for next year. Yeah, I mean, they are they matter no matter what, but it would be nice to go out there and scrape the owls, put a big number on the board offensively. If this team starts scoring big points, then they're actually a team that you could look at like, hey, they're pretty dangerous because of the defense, because of some of the weapons on offense, and I think it just comes down to like being able to trust JRP when you need a big throw. And so far, I don't necessarily, but last week was, was good.
2: Yeah, they smack around Temple tonight. I'm going to be on the air tomorrow at three o'clock, telling you that they're going to beat Cincinnati. Yeah, That's, that'll be the that'll be the take.
1: Maybe I'll uh, lay the points. I don't know. We'll see. Game time decision.
2: for uh, that. I'm starting to feel like starting to feel like the rest of you UCF fans. I'm feeling pretty cocky right now. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Up next, social media not always a positive thing. I'll explain this very obvious statement. Next. There's a bird down there
3: in front of I need <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a duck. We need we, we thought we saw everything in the game, and now a new friend wants to join our party. Hello, friend. Right. Can we go? Can to,
0: to, to, to Bango to get bango like him? I
3: don't want to necessarily bother our feathered friend here. Ducks are very aggressive. I don't know you know that. I don't. They're very aggressive. And we're going to keep on playing. (laughs) It's a (laughs) 1-1. The Dodgers come back and win this. They're going to have a rally duck.
0: The the rally duck, rally foul. The the crowd was going crazy when they showed (laughs) it on the
3: big screen. Look at that. That is not a small mallard either.
2: I I thought it was a goose, but they're calling it a duck. I don't know. We're all confused about our foul, I guess bottom of the 8th, 2 outs, one man on for the Dodgers who were down by 2 and then a goose landed in right field. So, perhaps a little
1: mischief by the Padres. Bob Melvin pulling out all the tricks. Um, uh, I don't think Bob Melvin's capable of such acts. <laughs> the best part when they're playing uh, they're like playing the song Black Skinhead by Kanye West at Dodger Stadium while the ducks flying around and then they nabbed it with the with the uh, the towel, real real abruptly, and the uh, security guys caught a bunch of booze. Yeah,
2: the goose right there, uh, trying to take over the game last night. He's our in the zone. He or she, I'm not really sure but the gender of the goose. Are <laughs> in the zone player of the night. A really beautiful, majestic bird. Really, really a gorgeous bird. Yeah, if you haven't seen. I'm
1: it. not a big fan of birds. I don't, I don't know if you know about that Instagram page. Birds aren't real. I, I only know about this because you've told me about it. Yeah. Yeah, they're all drones. I'm now
2: also spreading the fake bird gospel out there because I think it's a really, it's a really interesting conspiracy yeah, theory.
1: It's definitely it, it could be the case. Like, I'm not going to necessarily die on the hill, but I just kind of jokingly assume you shouldn't even all...
2: live on the hill, Tazi. You shouldn't get ill on the hill. You shouldn't do anything on that hill. I live but on, but be hills. aware that the hill exists. That's oh, it.
1: I live on the hills,
2: so the hills this semis. actually it's actually a perfect transition. Weird stuff on the internet for what I wanted to talk about here and now. Perfect. Uh, so I watched the Manti Te'o documentary last night. It's a two-parter on Netflix. Tazi highly recommended it, along with several other things that he has recommended to me that I am making my way towards. I take his recommendations seriously. I don't watch the stuff right away, but it's on the list, and I will eventually get to all of it. And the Te'o doc. Man, it was interesting to live through that because it's such a bizarre story. Great player at Notre Dame. And you do feel for the guy. I mean, I feel sad for him. Uh, I still judge him for it because how in the world could you not know that this person wasn't real? you never seen their face other than on Facebook. Lene Kakua. <sighs> bizarre stuff. But he... It seemed like he genuinely just got next-level duped. I don't think he had anything to do with it. I think he was that naive.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to really feel bad for him because there were opportunities where a FaceTime could have gone down, and when that got sketchy, you had to start thinking, okay, maybe this is not. Until I see confirmation that this is her, I can't really trust it. But to his credit, it was kind of before the catfishing era started. It was like the first catfish of more catfishes. Right or was yeah. that just in the midst well, of it?
2: It's not that he got catfished; that's embarrassing. It's that it went on for three years. Yeah, that's embarrassing. And then she died, suppose unquote. And then he loved this person. He didn't even go to the funeral. Well, and, and what? I mean, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you have figured it out then? Well, and he, and he just kept
1: bringing it up on these like post game interview. I guess he was asked about it, well, but then at, he even yeah. brought it up at the Heisman, and like he wasn't. Didn't seem as sorry for his grandmother as he did Lene Kakua. I don't know. It was, it was weird. I was a Man Teo fan during all that. I actually knew Theo Riddick, who was on the team, so I was like tapped in. I was asking about Teo if he's the real deal in like the locker room and said he's legit and yeah. all that. But um, yeah, it's was, it was very strange just how that all went down. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I can't remember every single detail. But yeah, there's a lot, you know,
2: in the 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 renee character the one that did the catfishing oh. how is this person not in prison truly they just are there law there should be laws against that they changed. maybe they are maybe they are now but maybe they didn't exist then but what that person did first of all faking the death of a fake individual and and screwing with someone's emotional state like that and It's really, I mean, sketchy doesn't even begin to describe it.
1: That's like (laughs) criminal behavior. It is. It's psychotic. And that was my first take. And, like, I've talked to some people who want to make fun of Maniteo and don't feel sorry for this guy. He's trying to make you feel bad because he had an average NFL career that could have, quote, unquote, been Hall of Fame if none of this stuff happened. We'll never really know. I don't think he was necessarily going to be a Hall of Famer, but I do think he would have had a better career. He would have been a solid linebacker, and he was really bad early in his career. Well, apparently my Giants were interested, too, until like some of that stuff, or even after some of that stuff, they were one of the few teams that were kicking the tires. He was really good at Notre Dame, but did get exposed in that Alabama National Championship. How much of that was being... Clouded how much of that was just playing with supreme athletes. I mean,
2: did you see the guys he was going up against? That yeah. was a nice blast from the past. Amari Cooper, T.J. Yeldon,
1: um, Eddie Lacy. Yeah. No, that team had no chance. It didn't matter no. if Mance I, tell you, I was in it to win it or not. Well, yeah, that that team, and even you know, Theo told me the minute you know they saw the line of scrimmage, it was going to be a long night. Oh I mean, yeah, that's just what it was. They
2: could have thrown Ray Lewis at linebacker; they still would have lost that game.
1: Well, Ray Lewis might have been able to do some epic things, but yeah you're probably, you're, you're probably right, but yes, uh, Ronaya tuya sopo was uh on some other stuff, and they changed genders and then kind of just went somewhere else and never got in real trouble for it, yeah, in fact, they probably got money they probably made money after this. I mean that individual was so
2: narcissistic and almost taking credit for some of the success right. that Manti Teow had at Notre Dame. I'm like, is this person for real right now talking about this?
1: My guy Robbie They're Evil, th- my guy Robbie Toma got some some side interviews in that. He, a he, he Which was, was a produ- he was a productive player for uh, Notre Dame that year. Oh, that was he, the little guy. Yeah, he was a wide receiver, and he came from Hawaii. With yeah, yeah. But yeah. he seemed cool. Yeah, t- he I, had it
2: figured out from the beginning. He, he just knew. didn't want to. He just didn't want to tell his friend.
1: Exactly. You know what I really
2: who really impressed me was uh, were the guys from Deadspin in the in <laughs> that documentary that that were like we didn't want to embarrass. Manti or, Teow, or raise questions about his sexual orientation. We just wanted to make ESPN look stupid. I
1: know, and they really hilarious. did. Yeah, none of these big outlets even bothered to check. They just reported it very lazy, and How everybody went along with
2: it. Yeah, when so- yeah, very easy. When somebody passes away, there are very easy things that you can do. Like the guy the guy that was at Deadspin, who they said had all of this advanced technology where he could look into almost like FBI-level surveillance On people to figure stuff out Go deep into the internet To find out He could probably find your social security number Like that kind of stuff And you know what he did? He googled her name (laughs) And that's how he found out In her Because all of the stories about this person Were only about Manti Tao's involvement Not anything to do with that But it was like the person didn't exist Other than to Manti Tao All that took was a google search
1: I I got a kick of like The person who Lene Kikua was based off like, her picture, her, name, her actual name was with the last name O'Neal. And it's just kind of funny to me. Like, <laughs> they just found some girl with the last name O'Neal and made her Lene Kakua. Wow. It's crazy.
2: Crazy story. You guys have to go watch this. It is fascinating. What is Taysom Hill's actual fantasy value, and is there anyone startable in tonight's game? We'll ask John McKechnie about that next. NFL, fantasy, college. Man, this guy does it all. This this is sick. Put this the music. Time to check in with rotowire.com's football guru John McKenney. What are you doing on your phone? I am fixing my
3: fantasy football lineup on
2: In the Zone. your home for the latest injury news, betting advice, daily fantasy analysis, all that good stuff. John McKechnie, football analyst. You can find him
0: there. John, welcome back to the show. Excited for this one tonight? Oh, man. I mean, what, what what's better than uh, Chicago Bears versus Washington Commanders as a standalone game while, uh, you know, Bill's Chiefs on Sunday uh, will be in, you know, it's not going to be lost in the shuffle by, by any means, but, uh, you know, that that not being a standalone game and this one, I mean, it's, it's pretty funny. And and like, I understand and and like have some sympathy for the schedule makers. They got to get everyone on one national TV game. So you got to fit it in somewhere. Um, But man, You would have thought that they could have cooked up a slightly better matchup than than this one. Come on now.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. Really, every other game is better than this one. Maybe Jags-Colts would be the only other one that could rival what we're going to get tonight. But you know what? It's football, so we'll watch it. Give me the top Mm -hmm. three or four fantasy-relevant players for tonight.
0: Um, I'm... Obviously I'm very interested to see what what Justin Fields can do if the Bears continue to to be gung ho about not letting their quarterback play quarterback. Uh, I want to see him throw the ball a little bit more. Um you know that that kind of feeds into some interesting player props as as it comes to uh his attempts. Uh you can bet on that or his completions uh, because both of those have been perilously low throughout the course of this season. Um I want to see if the backfield gets a little bit more varied uh when it comes to Chicago. Dave Montgomery returns last week, basically takes back over the workhorse role, even though Khalil Herbert, I thought, had done a good job in his stead, maybe earned a little bit uh, more of that work. So interested to see if that balances out one way or the other, or if if we're just going to keep seeing Montgomery be the true workhorse there in Chicago. And then on the other side, I want to see Terry McLaurin get going. I mean, we we have uh, some banged-up players in this Washington uh, receiver core. Not that he should have... Uh, really needed that to to be the true alpha of that group, but you know, with, with rookie Jahan Dotson being sidelined with Deami Brown, maybe after his breakout, being a little bit shaken up, um, I, I think it should be the McLaurin show. And, and there are some corners on Chicago that are very, very beatable. I, I think McLaurin can really go up against almost anybody, but uh, there's a particularly bad one. So I'm interested to see uh, what Washington does to maybe isolate him on, on some of the uh, weaker. Uh, Chicago corners, and, and if uh, Wentz can he, uh, you know, keep it in the same zip code and, and th- deliver an accurate enough pass for McLaurin to do his thing?
2: Yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of questions come my way about Brian Robinson. He had nine carries last week, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it actually paced the group for the Washington Commanders. And I would think as we go along here they're going to want to get him even more involved is he somebody that if you're in a pinch you feel confident enough to start him even though his stats didn't really back that up last week but
0: you can see they want to get him ramped up right they they absolutely do they they seem to just not like antonio gibson so you know we've talked about that i'm, I'm holding the big l uh on that one <laughs> it was looking um, good that'd... there for a minute See, I know. I was like, oh, maybe they should keep exploring this. Apparently not. Um, but, yeah, you know, as, as it comes to Robinson, uh does feel like he has the favor of this of coaching staff for however long that they, that they are still uh, in power there in Washington. So, yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see Robinson, uh, you know, push for double-digit carries tonight. Uh, I think you'd have to be really uh, constricted by the bye weeks this week in order to, to feel comfortable starting Brian Robinson. But I, I think if you're playing DFS – um, he's a worthwhile dart, you know, in a showdown uh, type of slate. We're talking to John
2: McKechnie, football analyst over at RotoWire.com. What is Taysom Hill at this point? Two games in, where he's an absolute monster. We've got a couple of others where the Saints don't really use him. I, I want to say that he's just a auto start at tight end, but you know, you kind of have to play yo-yo and then you, you have weeks where you don't get it right and then he's on your bench which is what a lot of people experienced this past week what would you do if you had Taysom Hill on your roster do you just play him and just hope that at some
0: point he's going to go off I would have to have a really good tight end to not be starting Taysom Hill at, at this point it, it's crazy it doesn't make a whole lot of sense what is Taysom Hill he's just a football player it, it seems like it is the bottom line he can kind of do Everything obviously his experience as a quarterback, uh, dating back to his BYU days, he can he can do some things at the NFL level as a passer. And you know, I, I always thought that his best attributes were were his uh, were his athleticism. You know, he's a, a 220 pound guy that runs a, a low 44. I don't know if that's still the case after all the injuries that, that he's kind of uh, taken on over the course of his career. But you know, obviously still a pretty standout athlete. Regardless, And yeah, I mean, maybe they're not lining him up at at tight end all that often. I think he has like, you know, 15 uh, snaps at that position thus far. But um, whatever they're doing with him, it's working, whether it's as a ball carrier. um, It just, it seems to just, they find a way that I don't know if any other team could could really make it work with Taysom Hill the way that the Saints have been. And he, he can be an explosive ball carrier. So they get to go against Cincinnati this week. And again, you know, bottom line here with tight end being uh, as much of like a train wreck across the league for fantasy as it has been, then then Hill kind of like becomes this out of nowhere uh, godsend. Because really, like once you get past the the top five or so tight ends, um, the production hasn't been pretty. And, you know, obviously Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews kind of in, in tiers of their own. And TJ Hawkinson is third in, in fantasy points. But like most of the heavy lifting from that one is, is from – just one game when uh, the, the Lions really didn't have any other options out there. So tight end is, is bad enough to where like Taysom Hill it isn't just like kind of in the discussion, but I think that he's like very, very much uh, so, and I think he's someone that, yeah, if you're in a format that he's tight end eligible, I think you start him. So For Kenneth Walker, he was, for those that were lucky enough to still
2: have access to him on the waiver wire, he was the number one pickup this week. Uh, Some people still held on to him or are in deeper leagues where it was never even a question. Either way, you watch this guy a lot in college too at Michigan State. Can you draw back on what you saw there, what kind of player he is, what you expect to see? He had a big run last week when he stepped up for Rashad Penny. Are you expecting big things from Kenneth Walker in a surprisingly good Seahawks offense?
0: I I definitely do. I, I think that, you know, this basically becomes a, a lotto ticket or, you know, like what when, when you Put on a pair of pants that you haven't worn since last year, and you find a twenty dollar bill in it. Uh, that that's sort of like the equivalent. <laughs> he's the of it. Yeah. yeah, he's the twenty. Like he, he yeah, not even a, a one dollar. Uh, go grab a candy bar. Like this is, you can buy twenty candy bars with this. This wow, is this is a really good setup uh, for 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 Walker moving forward. And and you know, we, you asked what, what kind of player he is uh, coming out of college. We we still don't really know what he offers as a pass catcher. He wasn't really asked to do a whole lot of that. Uh, during his college days, but he, he's a really, really solid runner. I think that he has the build to hold up to a, a significant workload. He certainly did uh, last year at Michigan State en route to winning the Doak Walker Award. Um, so you know, we we got a setup here where Seattle, re- like, where is Rashad Penny? The 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 sort of reticence on him would have been like, oh, you know, what if what if Walker starts, you know, taking carries off his plate now? Now Penny's out of the equation. And believe it or not, you know, like the, these third, fourth options there uh, in terms of the, the week one depth chart for that Seattle backfield, they, they're not going to challenge Walker for carries, really. So again, I could see him potentially losing some passing down work um, as the as the Seattle offense kind of gets reacclimated to to no penny. Um, but I think that we we start to see some significant workloads for Kenneth Walker here moving forward and the the schedule he doesn't face a top 10 defense against running backs up until week 10 against Tampa and then they get the bye but uh, over these next few weeks Arizona Chargers Giants and Cardinals all of those are uh, obviously that's two games against the Cardinals all those are plus matchups for a guy who I think is going to be getting significant work so it's really wheels up for Walker Wow yeah I missed out on that I don't know why I let DJ Dallas scare me off
2: I thought it was going to be like a three-headed monster situation but you you know what you all have fun with Kenneth Walker out there he's gonna be great latest injury news DFS advice and analysis get it all over at rotowire.com John McKechnie does great work over there thanks so much Don. Enjoy the enjoy this barn burner tonight all right we'll do it should, it should be a classic all right I'll catch you next week thank you yes no doubt about it well anything will be better than what we saw last week Tazi's take uh, we'll have that for you around the bend and our NFL pick them no spreads just winners we're going to pick those next. There's a lot that goes on in that brain. All right, let's just stay calm here.
1: It's time for Tazzy's Take. Now get all crazy on me! On In the Zone. I mean, something's got to give tonight. I I don't know if it's going to be a uh, Tazzy's prop shop tonight. I'm probably going to lay off that. But, I don't know, just thinking about Commanders, Bears, what are we going to see a team that doesn't really know how to throw the ball meeting the Bears but Wentz hasn't really shown a lot I was gonna say you're gonna need to be more specific oh goodness but I don't know my my bold take and prediction is that we'll get a pretty decent game am I crazy to say that like when you get two bad teams
2: playing each other sometimes they it levels itself out and you actually get a decent football game last week's game was so horrendous I think that there's um, some course correction that could go on here because everyone's expecting this game to be bad. And then you can just kind of see it playing out. You can see where in a couple of hours we're all going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe how good this game actually is. And we're all going to be
1: tweeting that. Uh, Maybe, hopefully. I mean, I'm trying to think. What would make this game the best it can be? Brian Robinson touchdown, right? See him come alive
2: him playing well. Justin Fields having a coming out party yeah. cuz he's fun to watch. He is. He was at Ohio State and he's had moments. Last week. Yeah. And if like, if the Bears win tonight, they're 3 and 3. Crazy, Isn't right? Isn't it crazy? That's it's a 500
1: team and and we don't view them that way.
2: And I, that if I don't the know, Commanders if,
1: win what? They're 2 and 4 and both yeah. teams would be 2 and 4. That feels like what's most likely to happen. Like I don't I don't want to believe Washington's that bad. Like they're bad, but the the Bears feel like, I don't know, the way they played last week, they hung in there. But to me, they just feel like they don't, they don't have like an engine to be able to throw the ball. Yeah, but one team,
2: the Bears feel like they are bought into what their coach is trying to do. They just don't it's have true. a lot of talent. Washington has more talent, but they feel like they have a quarterback that you can't trust. And there's a disconnect there are a lot of rumors out there, not just because of the weird quote from Ron Rivera this week. There are a lot of rumors out there that the team has
1: – he's lost the team yeah. in Washington. Yeah, Ron's kind of old school, and I think it's passed him by. So I don't know. I like When I think about that, that's why the Bears will win. But I just feel like – washington is like not that bad <laughs> like they just gotta show up but but i guess wentz is, is they not should allowing be able that to, win. to happen they should be able to win
2: just because at the end of the day they got
1: guys to throw yeah to.
2: they've got they have talent and
1: the bears really don't they really they don't none. they have none it's mooney it's those backs it's fields at times and then they really have nothing on defense. I mean, it's a skeleton crew on D. We have
2: a we have the return of Nikhil Harry tonight also to look forward to. Oh, boy. I know.
1: <laughs> if you can find the props, check them out. <laughs> no, it's actually not a bad call, but I don't think I can take anything Bears throwing related when they throw, what, 15 passes a game yeah. on average at this point? I'll go anytime touchdown for Curtis Samuel
2: tonight. Look, okay. no Logan Thomas. De'Ami Brown's a little bit banged up. Jahan Dodson's not playing. So I, I expect a funnel to
1: Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel, and you can get better odds on Samuel. I've taken some McLaurin reception props like two weeks this year, and neither time did they have a shot. I might go back to the well one more time. to McLaurin, he's too good of a player not to feature. Give right. him the rock. Brian Robinson vibes as well. So many great options over at Twin Peaks. Come and find your new favorite.
2: Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. Let's get the latest from the NFL Network and Westwood One.
3: I'm Steve Weisman with NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Kansas City police have cited Raiders receiver Devontae Adams with a city ordinance violation after he pushed a photographer at following Monday night's loss to the Chiefs. Adams also received a court date of November 10th. Meantime, Tuatunga-Vailoa returned to practice for the first time since suffering a concussion two weeks ago, but the Dolphins say he will not play this week. Instead, Miami plans to start rookie Skylar Thompson against the Vikings. Elsewhere, Dak Prescott through to receivers after Cowboys practice for the first time since having surgery on his thumb a month ago. Dallas says they plan to start backup Cooper Rush Sunday against Philly. And Odell Beckham Jr. says while he'd love to return to the Rams, the team gave him, quote, the lowest of low offers. But Rams head coach Sean McVeigh hinted that OBJ has not yet received LA's final contract offer and he'd love to have the receiver back. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One radio network. Find the game.
2: Welcome back to the show In the Zone, the only local afternoon sports show doing what we do and we love hearing from you. Text in 50857. We'll close today's show with a variety of your texts from throughout the afternoon. It's a short show for us today. We've got Magic Drive Time at 430, followed by UCF Football, the official radio broadcast. UCF Taking on Temple. Pre-game coverage starts at 5 and kickoff at 7 o'clock. So we've got a lot to look forward to tonight in the sports world. We've got Mariners-Astros on right now, all tied up in the top of the second in Houston. And we'll get to our Pick'Em segment in a second. I want to answer a couple of these questions on the text line.
1: Do you play Tyree Hill, with the third-string quarterback or go with Deontay Johnson? I could never not play Tyree Hill, no matter if I'm the quarterback or not, you know. It's so funny how like the thought process of because, of
2: because the Skylar Thompson thing is the latest news, that's the reaction. But what about the fact that the Steelers yeah, are can. starting a rookie quarterback in his second game? It's not like their quarterback situation at the moment is that much better than what Miami's working with. At least Miami has a somewhat decent offensive line. They have a they've, uh, creative play caller. And Tyreek Hill is double the player that Deontay Johnson is. So uh, Tyree Hill is definitely the answer. Someone else said, someone wants to give me Brian Robinson for A.J. Dillon. Should I do it? No. Decline and then send them a middle finger emoji. No, I would not do that. I know A.J. Dillon hasn't been great yet, but he's... We still don't know what we're going to get from Brian Robinson. He's in a terrible offense, and AJ Dillon's the man. I'm not given up on AJ Dillon. In fact, I would say I would suggest right now is a really good time to buy low on Dillon. Don't sell him. Ah, the pack.
1: I don't know. Hey, no no, you're I all know. the way out because your team beat him. No, I mean even the week bef- the the whole season really. I had like I took him against the Bucks because I thought their version of no wide receivers was better than the Bucks version of no wide receivers. They're more familiar, but they have no wide. Res- I mean, Lazard's okay. Yeah. Dobbs is capable. Cobb is, you know, back for another round with the Packers. Like that's, yeah, but that's Bobby the wide Tanya. receiver
2: stuff. That the wide receivers are bad. The running backs are where they when they figure out that that's where they need to live is all of their production coming from their running backs. The occasional solid throw from their MVP level quarterback, then that's when their offense will start to click. And it's most likely going to happen when it gets really cold. They'll start yeah. leaning on AJ Dillon more when it's frigid
1: up in Lambo. I mean when you can't pass it makes it a lot harder to run when teams know what you're trying to do but yeah I mean I think at some point they sh- they should bounce back a little bit both those running backs So it is time for
2: our weekly pick 'em this right here helps Tazi and I get our minds right before we head into Friday and then into the weekend no spreads just winners I went 8 and 8 last week not enough to place in my personal pick 'em pool so you guys kind of help me this whole segment helps me put together uh, how I feel about that, so we'll see if we can do better this week. Hit me with the music! We'll start with Thursday Night Football, a game that we're all very excited about. The Chicago Bears hosting the Washington Commanders. Can I tell you my latest strategy when when I do this pick yeah. You can select home or away... At the top of the page, this is on CBS Sports, and then it'll and then it'll select all of the teams that are at home or away. Like, if you wanted to be really lazy with it, Ugh. you could just pick all the away teams or all the home teams, hit save, and then you're done. Terrible so way to go. About what it. I, but what I do to kind of, like, just help get things in order is I click home, and then I go through, and I see, does this away team have enough? To win on the road. It's a good call. And then when I and then if I say yes, then I click the away team. But I start by just picking all the home teams a good call. and then trying to come up with reasons to go with the road squad, which is why I have Chicago winning tonight, because I can't come up with a good enough reason for why Washington's going to win tonight.
1: I just feel like the way the Bears are built is like part of a tanking process, and Washington's like actively trying to win. For that reason, I'm going with the darn Washington Commanders. Hard to to argue. Holding my nose. The New York Giants host
2: the Baltimore Ravens. Really interesting matchup. Giants coming back from London. The Ravens looked a little out of sorts, but they did get a win in primetime against a talented Cincinnati Bengals team. Can't call them good, but they're definitely talented. Uh, Man, this is another one of those games. Auto-pick the home team. Do I see enough in Baltimore to say that they're going to win this game? I'm I'm buying into the Giants a little bit. I'm going to say the Giants win this football game. I love the way they're playing right now, and the Ravens are starting to lose
1: their identity. It's a bad time to go on the road for oh them. Oh, my God, that scares me a little bit when people start joining me on the bandwagon. Uh... I mean, it's a winnable game based on how the Giants play, how the Ravens play. No Rashad Bateman. They don't seem to get it to Duvernay enough. It's pretty easy to sniff out the run in their offense. Their defense played well last week, but how much of it is the Bengals' offense just not being rudderless? Yeah. It's always a grind for the Giants. They can't just show up and like put 27 points on the board and laugh at you, but uh, we're here to grind. It's a day ball run squad. We're getting better. We're getting more confident. There's a lot of continuity happening. New York football Giants. It's a winnable game, and in plus two to one money line. I mean, I'm there throwing down... Goes.
2: Yeah, I mean, people are going to look at the Giants and go, "Yeah, but they don't have any wide receivers." Are you sure the Ravens have wide receivers? Right. You know, I, who is Lamar throwing the ball to? It just uh, their
1: offense looks a little bit. We got Darius, clunky. Darius Slayton, and Daniel Bellinger. Like Slayton is a, I like I actually really yeah, like Slayton. And he'd been on the outside looking in. Now they need him, and he had a good game against Green Bay. Daniel's playing well. I mean, I hope I don't eat my words, but they're starting to build an identity. Let's go. Seventy-four percent
2: have picked the Baltimore Ravens. Good. The and I with the 26% taking the New York Giants the New Orleans Saints host the Cincinnati Bengals the aforementioned Cincinnati Bengals who lost to Baltimore last week and the Saints had to go toe-to-toe with one of the best offenses in the game in Seattle I I hope that New Orleans is going to figure this out that Taysom Hill's their most skilled offensive player and just use him a lot and I don't have him in fantasy, so this is not because I want to see it for that reason, but just because I like to see good football players get the ball a lot. Alvin Kamara showed up last week. I'm not sure if Michael Thomas is going to play. I think Andy Dalton is better for this team than Jameis Winston because they're much more trustable, and it makes, this, it makes this game a little more interesting because it would be a revenge game for Andy Dalton going up against his former team, which should be one of my sneaky storylines tomorrow. I like the
1: Saints in this game. I think that defense is going to give the Bengals fits. I can't trust the Saints I can't trust the Bengals I would like to see the Bengals figure it out At some point, and so for that reason I'm going Cincinnati, but zero conviction 78%
2: on Cincinnati 22% on the New Orleans Saints Let's head to Indianapolis The last time we saw these two teams play It was a 24 nothing defeat For the Jags over the Colts In Jacksonville, but this Series has been a different story When they play in Indianapolis It, it goes the other way of the last 17 meetings between these two teams, the road team has only won once. So it's, it's bizarro world with the Colts and the Jaguars. I think the Jags are a better team. For me, it comes down to just Jonathan Taylor play. I think he suits up, so I'm going to take the Colts.
1: Yeah, I mean for that. Oh, Kyle Tucker just hit a home oh, run. It's no. not good. Bad vibes. That was a one run. The
2: the one run. Yeah, over. it's done. Okay, so th- it's that's not done. It's, it's the I bottom promise. of the second. I promise it's done. The Astros are up one nothing on the Mariners. Tazi and I both took the Mariners, and he's he's already and I, hopping off the uh, and ship I need here.
1: It. Nah, it's done. I promise. I hope I jinx it, but it's done. Um, yeah, I got the Jags defense and fantasy. Not expecting a whole lot. Road road team has a tough time in this matchup. If Jonathan Taylor plays, like he said. I don't know. Jacksonville loses again. We'll have lost, what, three straight hosting the Giants next week? Oh, no, the season's over. That really, it actually makes me want to take Jacksonville a little bit, but
2: I'm not sure that they actually have it in them to to back up the the, the will
1: that they need to show in this game because their season is probably over if they lose. Yeah. No, I'm... uh... I don't like Indy at all, but Jonathan Taylor, they beat the Chiefs at home. I'll take Indianapolis and
2: hold 63% on the Colts, 37% on the Jaguars. Let's go to Miami where Skylar Thompson is going to be running the show for the Miami Dolphins. They take on the high-flying Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins on the road. Not as trustworthy as he is when he's inside of that beautiful purple dome that they have in uh, in minnesota but i don't trust miami right now as far as i can throw them and i don't know how they slowed i'm not re- as worried about skylar thompson as i am about this defense i don't think they can stop dalvin cook and justin jefferson so unfortunately i'm picking against my own team i'm gonna go with the vikings
1: yeah, and you know I'm going to go with Miami. I think just you go. not they're going to have to play on natural grass. The Vikings are away from that dome that's so comfortable for the most average quarterback of all time, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> um, he really is right in the middle of the league. Oh, right, smack dab in the middle. In fact, I got to send you this thing I saw on Instagram today. How there's so like six degrees separation of Kirk Cousins. There's so many other quarterbacks with Kirk Cousins like tendencies. You'll get a kick out of it. But Mike McDaniel, he's got to. He's got to cook something up in the lab to to make it easier for Skylar Thompson. First NFL start, you know, get Tyreek involved. Wildcat him, do whatever you have to do. Need a win to stop the bleeding. Give me the fence. God, I want you to be right. They need a win.
2: Cleveland hosting the... Oh, and uh, 86% on the Vikings, 14% on the Dolphins. Cleveland Browns hosting the... uh, feisty new england patriots i don't know what that team is but they are bill belichick through and through and bill gets to go up against the team that canned him years and years ago uh in the cleveland browns i I think the browns they're a weird team their defense has talent on it but they're terrible i don't think bailey zappy's going on the road to get a win i'll take jacoby Brissett in that great run game Cleveland Browns win the game.
1: Yeah, something feels like it's going to be an uphill battle for the Patriots here, but now that we're calling this game on Tickle, I just feel like New England's figured it out. They got Ramondre Stevenson, you got Jack Jones and that defense playing pretty well. I don't even really think about Bailey Zappi. I think he's mature enough to like not make mistakes that will cost them the game. He only has to do so much. Let the Browns be the team that makes mistakes. But if the Pats don't win, it'll be because Nick Chubb just runs all over him. So if they can just contain Nick Chubb a little bit, give me New England.
2: We have a Jack Jones streak going on in this show right he's now. For at least five days he's in got a row.
1: Two straight t- he's got a touchdown two straight
2: games 65% on, on the Browns, 35% on the Patriots. Green Bay, the Packers hosting the New York Jets, coming off of a big win against my Miami Dolphins. Green Bay coming back from London. They got beat up by a New York team. I wonder how often that happens where you, t- you take on the two New York teams back-to-back like right. that. Not mm. very
1: often because NFC, AFC.
2: Yeah. I I want to take the Jets. I have already bet the Jets on the spread, but this is not that. I think Green Bay at home, yeah, hard to trust. Hard to go against Aaron Rodgers off of a
1: loss at home. I think he's basically undefeated in that spot. I just don't think this is the Packers that most people are used to. It's hard to trust the Jets to, like, go yeah, out yeah. there and make a statement win. Two in a row. That's... That'll be hard. That's more my thing with this game less than the Packers more about can the Jets like can stay consistent but let's have fun I'm with the Jets I'm I'm way off on the Packers I'd rather be wrong about the Jets than the Packers well said 92% said the Green
2: Bay Packers I'm on that side Tazi takes the New York Jets the San Francisco 49ers on the road to take on the Atlanta Falcons and man San Francisco looks like one of the best teams in the NFL right now. And Atlanta's just out here to cover. They're really not that interested in winning, but man, do they know how to cover a spread. Undefeated against the spread this year. How do you go against San Francisco in this spot? You can't trust Atlanta to win a game. I don't care if they're playing in Atlanta, on the moon, Mars. I'm going to go with San Francisco. I
1: trust Atlanta to cover, but give me San Francisco to win. 94% on the 49ers.
2: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, we can just breeze through this one. We're both on the Bucks, right? Oh yeah, with speeds, <laughs> and speeds. The Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, no. By the way, ninety-six percent on the Bucks as well. Who the who, who is the for the four percent taking the Steelers? People are
1: thinking breakout KP performance. Jeez.
2: That would be the biggest shock of the weekend, without a doubt. Seattle at home taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals tough to figure out, but I think I actually have Seattle pegged. This is a team that can't play a lick of defense, but they are elite. Not good, elite on offense. Geno Smith is absolutely bawling right now. He's top. He's tops in basically every metric that PFF has. I thought I saw one out there today that was just grades of throws that are 20 yards down the field or more, and he's up there with like Mahomes, Josh Allen, wow. and those guys. It's amazing what he's doing right now. They can run the ball, even though they don't have Penny. Kenneth Walker was a second-round pick. He was outstanding at Michigan State.
1: Give me the Seattle Seahawks at home with the 12s behind them. How about that? Oh, it's in Seattle, too. I didn't even really think about that. Hmm. Man, good game. Maybe take it over. I want to feel like this is going to be a crazy game. I did pick up Jason Myers of the Seahawks On a spot start kicker week in fantasy, so I I do think there's gonna be at least a bunch of field goals scored in this game. I don't know. Weird game should come down to the end. Yeah, taking Arizona almost feels like going out of my way to do it, the fact that it's in Seattle. So therefore, yeah, I mean it's I'd rather be wrong about Gino than Kyler, I guess. Go
2: Hawks. Go Hawks. LA Rams hosting the Carolina Panthers, who have a brand new head football coach, or at least an interim and Steve Wilkes. They're probably going to be breaking in a different quarterback this week, too. I don't think Baker's been officially ruled out, but he's just been watching practice, not competing or uh, participating in it. P.J. Walker likely to get the start. He wasn't that good the last time we saw him in an NFL uniform, so this is a really tough spot for the Carolina Panthers. It's a big spread, so, you know, I could see wanting to take the Panthers plus double digits, but there's no way that you pick against the Rams here.
1: Well, in honor of Sip, he said, Hey, BK and Tazi, can I get a birthday shout-out? Oh, Sip, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. So in honor of him, I can't go again. I've been tough on the Rams this year. He's a big Rams guy. We got to go. I mean, Carolina, this is the one spot without Matt Rule, maybe they have a fighting chance. But I don't know. Rams, maybe a future team that that gets Christian McCaffrey. We'll see. That would be dangerous. Cuff and him would be a fun pairing. Uh, I'll go with the Rams. Yeah, so happy birthday, Sip. You
2: just got a freebie with 99% on the L.A. Rams. Buffalo Bills at Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. This, these next two games are absolutely incredible. I don't need to tell you why this one's so good. I mean, we saw the playoff game last year that was in Kansas City. Regular season last year, Buffalo absolutely owned Kansas City. I think Buffalo has been building. They were already built for this matchup. They continued to build for this matchup. This is like a Super Bowl to them. I mean, I know they have aspirations for the actual super bowl but in their minds they don't get there without slaying this dragon this team's good enough to get it done even though they're on the road i'll take the bills
1: yeah i mean everybody's on the bills i i do like the bills very much but because of how many people i've heard on the bills in fact i've heard no one on the chiefs so for that reason i just feel like if kansas city needs any bit of bulletin board material that's big so uh all due respect to the bills on Chiefs. All right,
2: we don't have time to analyze these next two, so let's just pick them real quick. Philadelphia hosting the Dallas
1: Cowboys. Who you got? Oh, uh, yeah, I want to take the Cowboys. It feels very Eagles, but I'm rooting for the Cowboys, and I'm just going to be a homer with it, so uh, I want to see the Eagles finally lose a game. I'll take the Philadelphia Eagles. L.A. Chargers uh, against
2: the Denver Broncos on Monday night football. I'll take the Chargers with ease.
1: Yeah, fade Russ and Nate Hackett for as long as humanly possible. There you go. NFL pick them straight up
2: style we zone out next wrapping up our abbreviated show here on in the zone don't forget we've got magic drive time coming up next with Dante Marcatelli and Jake Chapman followed by UCF Temple pregame show from 5 to 7 p.m. and then kickoff at 7 so we've got a loaded night here at the station you've got a loaded night out there Uh, in town, and uh, hopefully you make it to the stadium safe if you are headed that way. We appreciate all who have tuned in and texted in. 50857, happy birthday to Sip, one of our big listeners, uh, one of our most loyal listeners over the years. This segment brought to you by J. David Tax Law. Peace of mind, only a click or a phone call away. Tazi, what do you say we uh, end the show by rattling through some of the texts that we have here on our text Always about it love hearing from the zone heads
1: somebody said bigger blowout tampa or the rams um yeah i don't think the rams right now are truly capable of blowing someone out so that's why but like neither team really are both team needs a healthy both teams need a healthy performance rams even more so but yeah tampa hasn't really shown they can put the smack down and win it going away yet yeah so. aaron donald going up against uh have,
2: feasting on a young quarterback that really doesn't know what he's doing.
1: Yeah, maybe the Rams. They're due to have a really good performance. Yeah, that's probably the right move. I mean, the Steelers
2: still have pride as an organization. I don't think they'll let Tampa just completely march all over them, but, you know... I mean, that's probably what's going to happen by the end of the game, but I could see the Rams getting out to a big
1: lead early. Yeah, they still got Minka out there on that side of the field. Cooper Cup uh, hasn't been practicing the last couple of days, so it's something to keep an eye on. He didn't have like 110 catches in that last (laughs) game. He only had like five or six. I couldn't believe it. He looked like a normal player. Do we have to play Scourneck uh, in fantasy? (laughs) Scourneck. If Cooper uh, Cup doesn't uh, play? I mean, Allen Robinson. Imagine if Cooper Cup didn't play. Who yeah. would they really throw that to? I don't, know. I don't like throwing to Allen Robinson. He did show up last week. Someone said the Bills are the only true New York team in the NFL. The
2: Jets and Giants play in East Rutherford, New Jersey. First of all, obviously, we know that. And second of all... Come on! Don't be that guy. They are called New York, okay? So they are New York teams. I mean, they
1: should be the New Jersey or the New York Giants of New Jersey, like the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They're just doing that for the tax breaks or whatever, folks. That'll do it
2: for us here on in the zone. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We do appreciate it. If you missed any of our best segments, find the podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Pod. And on Spotify, we're back at it tomorrow, Friday show, live at 3 p.m. UCF football at 5, Magic Drive Time with Dante and Jake on the way next.